Amen. If you have a Bible with you, you can gladly turn to Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 28, all the way at the very end of Matthew, whether that's on your device or paper Bible, whatever that is. It's amazing to me how many different ways we can carry the Word with us. We can carry it on our devices. We can carry it in book form. We can carry it in our hearts. We can carry it in our minds. Uh, all sorts of different ways that we carry the Word of God with us. And my encouragement to you is always keep it with you. Always keep it with you. I mean, today on Mother's Day, we, we just experienced the act of these parents dedicating their children uh, and taking primary responsibility to, to teach their kids the way that they should go, to love and to serve Jesus with all their hearts. I mean, to some people, on the outside looking in, perhaps it might be seen as this, I don't know, a meaningless religious ritual that's devoid of kind of any power or substance. You know, just something us Christians are supposed to do to show that, well, to show everybody at church that we've just done the right thing. You know, it can seem that way. But you know what? I know for a fact that each one of the couples, each one of the families that was up here this morning, wasn't just going through the motions. It is, in fact, a profound expression of their faith in Jesus Christ and their choice to entrust their precious children into the hands of the one that's created them. It's an acknowledgement that, that they need his help. They need his wisdom. Uh, they need the wisdom of the Almighty. And they've welcomed him. They've welcomed him and his help every step of the way to steward what's been given to them. So as a church body, bless them. Bless our parents and our families here. Uh, the, the, God's word says uh, the Lord leads those with young gently. I'm very glad that he leads all of us who are very young gently. So, But why would someone... Do this? Why would someone dedicate their children? Well, the simple reason is trust. They believed that when their children are in God's hands, as Norm already said, they're in the best hands. But there's also another reason it's an act of obedience. We, we just finished a series on stewardship a couple of weeks ago where we were reminded that everything that we have belongs to the Lord, even our very life. And as followers of Christ, we actually acknowledge that Jesus is not only our Savior, but He's also our Lord. So we steward the gifts and resources He's given to us according to His will, not our own. Uh, it was already laid out before us, as Norm read a few scriptures that command us regarding stewarding our kids. Uh, but why, beyond even trust and obedience, would we celebrate a milestone ceremony like this. For sure, it's because of our love for Jesus, and He's promised to never leave us or forsake us. But at the core, it's because we believe that Jesus has the power and the authority to live up to His Word. That's why. We believe that Jesus has done, can, and will do everything that he's promised. Amen. Oh, there we go. It's true. <laughs> I knew you were in there somewhere. Last week, we began our new series entitled Go. 
In one sense, go is a simple way of condensing what we commonly refer to as the Great Commission. It's, it's the marching orders that Jesus gave to his disciples after his resurrection and right before he ascended into heaven. And in those words, Jesus gave his church the mission it was actually meant to carry out until he came back again. So I want to read those words in Matthew 28, all the way down at the end, starting in verse 18. It says this. It'll come up on the screen too. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Last week, Norm talked about this verse briefly. He opened the door to this by talking about what does it mean to go and how hospitality uh, was appropriate, an appropriate starting point in us opening our lives as one of the ways that we can honor Christ's command to go. It was kind of fitting as we all spread out for guess who's coming for lunch as well. <laughs> Different people kind of getting together and relating for one another. By the way, John and Phil, thank you so much for organizing that for us. I know we had a great time. But today, I want to take another part of this great commission, and I want to focus on why we can go in the first place. So why can we go? Uh, here's, I want to sense a simple question. Have you ever doubted someone or something before? Probably. Yeah. Has anybody ever let, let you down uh, or, or made themselves unworthy of trust in your eyes? Yeah, probably. Of course, we all have. Uh, when that person or that situation, when that person begins to speak, it's like the ground around them starts to feel spongy. And you're kind of wary about what they have to say. But thankfully, Jesus is different. So it's interesting to me that in the book of Matthew, the writer includes a curious detail right before Jesus gives this great commission. Let's look at verse 16 and 17, just before. It says this, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Think about that for a moment. So, 11 disciples, meaning minus Judas, the betrayer, they traveled to Galilee and they met up with the resurrected Jesus. There's Jesus alive. People recognize, they start to put together the pieces of what he said during his time with them, and they begin to realize. Again, he's the Son of God. He's the Messiah. But some doubted. Interesting. And it's at this point that Jesus speaks to them in the midst of their worshiping. And he says, this is what I want to focus on this morning. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Not me, Jesus. Sometimes that emphasis, people get confused. <laughs> I mean, basically, Jesus was saying the same thing he had always been saying. It's the same thing 
God has always been saying when he's engaged with humanity. Don't be afraid. I know you're fearful. I know you have doubts about all that's happened in front of you. But I have a mission for you, and I need to remind you of my credentials. They're the actual foundation, the reason why I can give you this mission in the first place. It's the reason for this mission's legitimacy. And the reason is all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Only Jesus can say that. My friends, this is the reason and the basis for why you and I can go on his mission in the first place. It's his finished work on the cross. It's his own life. It's his own accomplishments. It's him being true to what he said he would do, has done, and will do. That is the basis on which we go. And 2,000 years later, it's the same for you and me. We head out on mission to share the love of Christ and make disciples wherever we go based on the truth that Jesus has been given all authority. In his death and in his resurrection, everything has been given to him. We go on mission under the banner of Jesus Christ. If people ask you, why are you doing this? And by whose authority? We can say, we've been commanded by Jesus Christ himself. The King of kings, the Lord of lords over all things has actually commissioned us to be his ambassadors to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ to a dark and hurting world. But I want to reinforce this with some scripture, a bit more scripture. Again, Matthew 28, 18 says, All authority has been given to me. Has been given to me. Well, by whom? Well, the answer is God the Father gave it to him. Matthew eleven twenty seven. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. Anyone in whom the Son chooses, and anyone in whom the Son chooses to reveal him. John 3.35 The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. John 13.3 Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, knelt down and washed the apostles' feet. John 17.2 Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you since you have given Him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given to Him. And finally, Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, God raised Him from the dead seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. It's quite the resume, isn't it? That's just a little portion. 
So you tell me, what kind of authority does Jesus have? Absolutely, amen. He's got all of it. He's got all of it. There is nothing that Jesus doesn't have authority over. So when he tells his disciples and his church to go, well, they're actually being commanded to do so by the king of the universe. The king of the universe. I mean, obviously we could go down the road of, of what it means to disobey this great king and the consequences, but that's not why Jesus said these things as he was talking to his disciples. It's not my point today. He was saying, I'm your authority. I'm where the buck stops. I'm your reason for making disciples. I'm the one you can trust to help you as you go. When anybody questions you about why and what authority you're doing this under, and they've got a problem with it, well, they can take it up with my office. Right? You may doubt along the way. You may even lose your life. But I've got your back. That's what Jesus is saying. This wasn't the first time that God foreshadowed this kind of relationship. You remember Moses? Well, a picture of good old Charlton Heston. Who commissioned Moses to proclaim freedom to Israel from Pharaoh? God did. And when Moses asked, whom shall I say sent me? Because he knew Pharaoh would want to know by what authority he was asking for Israel's freedom. Moses was told, tell them, I am has sent me. I am. This time, thousands of years later, as Jesus spoke to his disciples, remember, this is God in the flesh. The same God who spoke to Moses from the burning bush. Jesus said essentially the same thing to the people he was commissioning in Galilee. I am sending you. I am is sending you. Let me ask you, how did the rescue plan turn out in Egypt? Turned out pretty good. The Egyptians practically gave them the Israelites all their money when they were leaving town. They did a tiny thing like cross the Red Sea. Uh, an entire army drowned in the process. Sure, the journey afterwards was full of complaining, but the rescue was pretty epic. <laughs> and there was still a pillar of cloud by day, or a pillar of cloud by day, and a pillar of fire by night, and manna every morning. Turned up pretty well. How do you think the Great Commission has and will turn out? Well, in one sense, we haven't reached the end of the story yet. But if past history is a good indicator of future performance, then I think we're on track. 2,000 years later, his mission is still being accomplished, and there is no sign of it slowing down or dying off. Amen. Jesus has been faithful to his word. So for us here today, what does it actually look like to accept and step out in the authority that we've been given by Jesus Christ, that he has, has given to us? What's the evidence? What would you expect to find someone doing if they believe Jesus 100% and accepted his call to go? 
Well, there's a bunch of things, but I want to highlight three of them for you today. The first is, we would see in people expectant, faith-filled prayer. When you believe Jesus has all authority and has the ability to do what he says, it changes the way you and I pray. Jesus proclaimed his mission on the earth when he very first started it, when he got up in the temple for the first time. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives would be released, that blind will see, that oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That was Jesus' mission, his manifesto, as he began his earthly ministry. And Jesus fulfilled each one of those items on the list, and it continues to this day through his church. In fact, Jesus said that you and I, as his followers, would do greater, even greater miracles than he did while he was on the world, on the earth. So I believe Jesus, so if we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, Why would we shrink back and pray wimpy prayers like, Dear Jesus, uh, if you're listening, if it's your will, perhaps, uh, for my sister to follow you, if you have time, uh, could you please just give her a nudge in the right direction? Why would you not instead go for broke? And pray, Jesus, you said you didn't want anyone to live apart from you. You came to save the entire world. Jesus, I want to ask that you would open my sister's blind eyes to see the truth of who you are. Jesus, you died for my sister just like you died for me. Please fill her with whatever she needs in order to be able to turn and respond to your love. Lord, would you take her heart and transform it into something that is soft, that it can experience your love and the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Would you transform her, Lord? Have you ever prayed anything like that? I hope you have. I understand that not everyone may know or understand all the truths I've just packed into that prayer this morning. But why wouldn't we pray it? Jesus has the ability to do each one of those things, and he wants to do them. Are we the ones, well, I guess, are we the ones who actually do those things? No. Jesus is. Did you know he actually has the sovereign right to do those things, to transform the human heart, to transfer us from the king of darkness into his glorious kingdom, of light. He has the sovereign right to do those things. So when we pray in line with what Jesus has the authority to do in someone's life and in a particular circumstance, you and I, we're not just speaking out words of, of meaninglessness or sappy sentiment or wishful thinking. We pray with faith-filled expectation that we are releasing the power of God when we pray whether we're feeling happy, sad, glad, or mad. Your feelings in the circumstance don't need to keep you from praying. Pray out your feelings. Give everything to him who has all authority in heaven and on earth. So what are the situations in your life where 
the authority you have can find its way into your prayer life. Where does it, where does Jesus' name and his authority need to be applied? I mean, do you believe that when you invoke the name of Jesus and partner with him in prayer to see him move, that not only Jesus, but you have been given authority to accomplish the very will of heaven? Some of you are convinced. Some of you, I'm not sure. Is there an area of your life or someone that you have lost faith to pray for? Perhaps the Lord wants to remind you of who He is this morning and to keep praying. Expectant, faith-filled prayer. Second thing, bold sharing of the gospel. Let me ask you another question. Is anything too hard for God? No, of course not. So why do we act like things are too hard for him when it comes to sharing the gospel? (laughs) Is there any heart that's too stony for him to soften? Is there any place on earth that his message cannot penetrate? Because the answer to those questions is no, The result of these facts should embolden our ability to share the good news with people. That's what Jesus was saying to his doubting disciples as he confirmed his authority in heaven and on earth. See, it's not us that saves people. That's a sovereign work that belongs to God. Our job, our responsibility... The one that Jesus gave to us is make disciples wherever you go, wherever you happen to be. Baptize them, teach them to follow me, and teach them to turn around and do likewise with other people. You see, when the Apostle Paul encountered Jesus on the Damascus Road, Jesus said something to him, and he, in one sense, says it to us this morning. I am sending you, Jesus said, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Like you and me, Paul was to go and share the simple message of the gospel and leave the transformation up to Jesus. Consider in your life who doesn't know Jesus yet. Do you believe that regardless of how cranky they get or possibly even reject you, that because the authority Jesus has and has bestowed on you, you can be bold and not shy away from the opportunities he gives you to share his love with people? I don't mean that we don't need to prayerfully consider how Jesus wants us to partner with with him and the best way to present something so it will be received or to be wise about how you share or partner in a particular circumstance. I mean, do you trust when that moment of opportunity that you've been praying for arrives 
that you truly have authority and power, that you have Jesus behind you encouraging you on. Do you believe that? Or do you think it's just me, myself, and I in that moment? Jesus is with you. His Spirit is with you, ready to fill you with whatever you need. Call on Him. Even though your palms might be sweating and your heart's racing, do you believe that Jesus is the sovereign authority in that moment? Do you believe that He's actually ready to unleash the work and power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish everything He wants to in that moment? Do you believe in the big picture sense you are on mission and ultimately that mission cannot and will not fail? Did you ever think of that? We're in the here and now. We see all these different circumstances running around us. But saints, we know how the story ends. We can't fail. He has all authority in heaven and on earth, and in everything. How might the Lord want you to grow in this area of being bold in sharing what Jesus has done for you? doesn't mean it needs to look like that person or this person. What's Jesus calling you to do? The third thing is we see missions unleashed on the world. You know what happened after Jesus gave the Great Commission? telling the disciples to go? Well, they continued to pray regularly together, and Jesus told them, before you go, you need the person of the Holy Spirit to come and empower you to do everything I've commissioned you to do. And after the Holy Spirit did come and fill them, a small group of Christ followers grew to 3,000 people, (laughs) plus in one day, and started a worldwide movement that is still happening to this day. Millions and millions of people have heard and responded to the life-saving message of Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you've never responded to the message of Jesus before, that he loves you, that he wants to save you from yourself, and he wants to give you the gift of eternal life with him, to be able to start life over, brand new, fresh, in order to be able to walk His way instead of your own? You can do that today. You know what unleashed this movement? God speaking. God speaks and dead things come to life. God speaks and new things that never existed before are created. God speaks and his will is accomplished. Jesus, the God-man, spoke to faithful but doubting people on a hill in Galilee and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. The message was crafted by God to spark something That's God-shaped in the human heart. It actually has the power to compel people who have been forgiven their sins, set free from the power of sin and death, ones who will inherit eternal life with Christ, to actually respond 
to their Lord and their King in spreading this wonderful news, no matter what the cost might be. Amazing to me. In our North American church, we're pretty complacent. But if I look at other areas of the world where the pressures of the the situations around them and the tremendous things that they have to go through to, to, uh, to hold on to Jesus and their faith amidst great persecution, the gospel flourishes. It grows and goes and goes. Millions of people around the world are being saved, even today. Who are the people God sent you to? In the coming weeks, we'll be talking about the people closest to you, the the ones in your community and the ones kind of in the global village all in the world around us. I mean, after all, uh, after Jesus um, talked about the Holy Spirit coming, after the Holy Spirit came, his disciples, Jesus said to them, you shouldn't just stay in Jerusalem. Judea, Samaria, go to the ends of of the earth. And when you, we've actually all been sent out like ambassadors of the king to foreign lands. Did you know that? His authority follows you wherever you go. Are you partnering with that authority? Or do you feel like a peasant that doesn't have any power? What's the truth? When Jesus commissions you to go, You can do it with faith and confidence because, like I said before, it's a mission that ultimately can't fail. To adapt a famous Hudson Taylor quote, our heart and flesh might fail, but he never does. We're ambassadors of the king, and that's what I want to close with today. Let me give you one last kind of image or illustration in your mind to help us understand and see Christ's authority this morning. When John wrote the book of Revelation, he saw a glorious sight out of many of the things that he saw and wrote down. He saw the Lord and the throne of heaven. It says in Revelation 4 verse 9, And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thank Him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, The 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast down their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. A powerful image. I want you to remember this image of not only the Lord, but who Jesus is. Because Jesus is the King. And He's sent you and I as ambassadors to the people in our lives. This picture in Revelation is of a King who has absolute authority over all things. The reason ambassador is a good word for who you and I are is we not only represent our glorious king wherever we're sent, we're given authority to act on behalf of our king as well. He, get this, he actually allows his authority 
to be exercised through you. Through you. Through me. Norm talked about cracked pots this morning. We're all cracked vessels that leak and and we're broken. But he's decided to exercise his authority through us to execute his plans and his will. When the Canadian and the American (coughs) ambassador meet, did you know that it's as if the president and the prime minister were actually meeting themselves in person? The full authority and the weight of the office of the president and the office of the prime minister are present with those two ambassadors. In the days of kings, if your country hurt or killed an ambassador of another country, it was not only a declaration of war, it was as if you hurt or had killed that king himself. I trust that's not a prophetic picture of Canada-U.S. relations in the next while. (laughs) But that's how special the position is of being an ambassador. Did you know that you, did you know that that's actually you as a follower of Christ? Because of who Jesus is and the authority that belongs to him, you too can stand before kings and queens, whether you feel like you can or not. Moses did before Pharaoh. Paul did before the Romans. And you can as well. So where has Jesus sent you? Where has he asked you to go? Last thought. Pray expectantly. Share the love of Christ boldly and never doubt the authority Jesus has to empower you to advance his great commission. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in you we find everything. Lord, sometimes it's confusing in the world that we live in. We don't understand all the answers. We don't understand why this and that is going on, but you do. And Lord, we trust that because you have all authority in heaven and on earth and over and under the earth and around and in and everything else, that you are sovereignly in control and in you we can put our faith, our hope, and our trust. It's in you that we can even give back to you and dedicate our very precious children knowing that you want to work through their lives. Lord, thank you for this encouraging, blessed morning of being able to celebrate life, being able to celebrate various things that you have actually created and ordained. Lord, would you help us to pray? Would you help us to share your love? And Lord, if there is anyone here that needs to be unseated from where they are and sent out, into the world to share the gospel. Lord, would you speak to us today and command us to go. We bless the mighty name of Jesus. We love you. Amen.